0: Welcome to a new episode of Repeater. This week, we have Reductress editor and founder, Sarah Papalardo, on the show to talk about St. Vincent's Cruel.
1: If you don't know it, Cruel is a wonderful St. Vincent song that is delightful, powerful, and has a really funky guitar solo.
0: Oh yeah, we love this song, and we love you. Thanks for being here. This is Repeater. Repeater. Come on up! Yay. Hey, it's your time to shine.
2: Yes. Hey. Hello. How are you doing?
1: Pretty good. Little flustered, but good. Oh. We're just fashionably late.
2: Let yeah. it all. it's cool. Let it all melt away, guys.
0: <laughs> we are. We Let's are. Talk
2: about the tunes.
0: We will. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. We like to begin by talking about something we've been listening to lately. So just like a recent hit or album or artist or anything, and Pat can lead us
1: off. Great. Cool. Uh, So Converge released a new record the other day. Uh, They haven't put one out in like five years and I'm very happy with it. Uh, Converge, if you're not familiar, is a, I guess they qualify as like hardcore metal or something. (laughs) Uh, But they sort of, uh, according to Pitchfork, are the architects of the genre, uh, which is a very Pitchfork thing to say. Um, But the new album is actually... It's very aggressive in a cathartic way, I think, and um, once you can like sort of discern the lyrics by looking at the lyric book um, <laughs> I think it's actually kind of a very hopeful and um, not happy, but like it's cathartic. It's a very cathartic album in that uh, a lot of it's about how you deal with the problems of the world, but like on a grander scale. And like, not just like, I'm going to be angry at something and just sort of try to tear it down like that. But like, yes, I'm upset about this. But how do I um, go through life in a way where I'm fighting for myself and not just like, I don't know, tweeting people telling you, telling them that you hate them. (laughs) So Uh, That is good. That is hopeful.
0: I'm glad that they print the lyrics.
1: Me too. (laughs) Me too. Uh,
0: I've been listening to the new Kurt Vile and Courtney Barnett album because Pat and I are going to see that show tomorrow night We are in Jersey city, looking forward to it quite a bit. Uh, not super familiar with Kurt Vile. Um, I mean, like I know him and have heard his stuff, but not like, uh, never really absorbed his music, but Courtney Barnett, I like a lot from the last couple of years and it's a really good album. One of my friends described it as a really good Sunday morning album. (laughs) And I think that's really accurate. So if you want a Sunday morning album, get the new Courtney Barnett and Kurt Vile.
2: I'm going to check that out yeah. on a Sunday. Um I I'll give a hat tip to The Girls in the Office for this one, but Lizzo, she is a Pacific Northwest based rapper who's like a fucking amazing rapper. Mm-hmm. She's so fun and positive and like again, a really great rapper, but also like body positive, everything positive and like says shit about Satan and like just like being in the PNW and it's just like, it's kind of like jarring at first. You're like, did she mean something else? Like that's much more like violent and angry. And it's like, no, she's just talking about the like, non the meat substitute. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, it's just super fun.
0: Oh, that sounds delightful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've heard some of her stuff and she rules. Yeah. Uh, but that's cool.
1: Check I out, love songs check her out about more. food. Oh, me too. We need more of those. Right? Yeah,
0: I think so. Cheeseburger paradise. I mean, <laughs> one of my all time favorite hits. <laughs>
2: Still does it for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm.
0: uh, what song did you want to talk about today? Uh,
2: so I, I was going to talk about, and you know, I was kind of like debating between two because it's mm-hmm. kind of like, my question is always like, which singer songwriter do I want to attach to like, which moody part of my youth? Yes. Um, but I went for like a, a, a later in life one, um, St. Vincent's cruel, cool. um, which like was like 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Let's give a listen to it right now. Here comes St. Vincent
1: Oh yeah I feel bad talking over this Because her voice is so beautiful I agree But you know what We're doing it anyway And we're being Cruel (laughs) Oh Pat You're such a meanie Oh, that riff is so good. And all these little, little details are wonderful. Into this. I love how fuzzy this guitar solo is. Oh yeah. It's just like a dirty little sock of a guitar solo. It, that's exactly what I was gonna describe it as. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. We're twins.
0: Um cool. Well we're gonna t- you check a crack at guessing why you chose this song. Maybe more specifically than uh what you just told us. And then you can enlighten us
1: Oh, more specific. Hmm. Uh, I think that you pick this song or gravitate toward this song because that uh, it's got that like really nice groovy bass line and that and it's catchy and that got stuck in your head. And then you read the lyrics and you're like, this is deep.
0: <laughs> I think this is, definitely wrong but because we're not in the era of like people being introduced to things by you know MTV but I think you saw the music video and watched this woman very stoically even maybe happily be buried alive and somehow related directly to that imagery laughter <laughs>
1: Uh, I went with
0: the but I bet you heard. Option. I bet you heard the song first.
2: <laughs> so. <laughs> I, <mean, laughs> I mean, think mean, Patrick was a little, a little more cool. on point. I wish I saw the video first. Like, the first time I saw St. Vincent was actually, like, Portlandia did a show randomly at, like, Webster Hall. And, like, this random chick came out and did a Pearl Jam cover and just, like, brought down the house. And I'm yeah. like, I need... Who are you, goddess? <laughs> um, just, like, slay it. And then um, this whole album was just, like so amazing and just like i just consumed it over a winter period yeah a literal winter not like a dark my dark (laughs) (laughs) my blue phase
1: it is it is a very good winter album too yeah
0: so was it um would it have been then like this album was out around the time you, you saw her was this like her current album
2: Yeah, yeah, because it was yeah. This was like a handful of years ago, so I think it it had come out right around then. And um, I I was going through this period of my life where I was like rediscovering what it was like to live alone. Like I had actually never lived alone up until that point. I'd just gone through a breakup and was just kind of like learning to reintegrate with the world in a way that was like extremely bizarre and fun, but constantly bizarre. Like, and I was just like, wait, is this how people operate? Like cool, I guess. <laughs> um, I was living in Bushwick and suddenly like people were just like, hey, like you got to get out. Like, let's go do things. And so I started kind of hanging out with my, my party, my like burner friend from work.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and he took me to this boat party because of course there were some people in Bushwick living on the, um, in, in the canal in Bushwick uh, in mm-hmm. a houseboat that mm-hmm. was like, um retrofitted with uh, showers and like living space. But it was highly illegal. Great. They were like <laughs> lifting the electricity from the the semi trucks that were parked there. Um, but it was like midwinter and we were all we all were like just so fucked up and went out on the ice on the canal and um like everyone was just like skating, not skating, like just dancing around being dumb. And then we're all like getting back on the boat and um this guy was like give me your arm. And I'm like, a man said, give me your arm. Like, I trust you. Of course. (laughs) Um, And like, so I like took his arm and I ended up pulling him and myself into like where there was no ice between the boat. and (laughs) So we both like fell in this like disgusting water. Like, I don't know what I just, I think the reason I haven't gotten like, a lot of colds or anything in the past few years just because like, I just Got built up an immune once. system that was unreal. So I actually, fortunately, it wasn't like um, <laughs> some kind of to build a fire situation where I like die. Um, I feel like kind of crawled back onto the ice and there was a wood-burning stove inside the houseboat. Perfect. Um, so we were like taken care of and then I just like ran home. Um, and I was like, that was a weird, was a weird point in my life.
0: <laughs> That's like a weird story for New York. I know. I was out on on the canal as it was frozen over, fell through trying to get back on the houseboat, but was able to recover next to a wood burning stove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not a a New York City experience, at least usually.
2: No, no. Um,
0: Wow, Yeah. if that's that's, uh, emblematic of your winter, quite the winter.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's like when someone says, take my hand, you don't always take the hand. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no that's yeah. gonna
0: mess up your trust issues you know
2: totally totally Don't take um me weird out. metaphors <laughs> right uh, yeah. um yeah and i was like i guess i was also just like trying to date again and i didn't know what that was like mm-hmm. um and so there was like some girl in the neighborhood and she was pretty cool and i'm like oh we went on a few dates I'm like you're awesome um and then one day she's like oh, i got a care package from my mom in ohio i'm like oh that's really sweet she's like yeah, my mom sent me some bras and some acid. And um, I was still kind of like, that's actually really cool. Like, cool mom. She's like, yeah, I mean, like I gave her some money for it, obviously. And then I'm like, so you're just... Buying drugs from your mom. Like, I think that's <laughs> I didn't know I had a line, but like that's that was my line that I yeah, <laughs> drew on the fly. That
0: Sometimes they just present themselves to yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's up to you to recognize them.
2: Yeah. Why am I so okay with like getting drugs for free from parents? But um, yeah, paying is It seems wrong. It seems wrong, right? It seems more wrong. Yeah, yeah. Something like weird like that. If my mom that.
0: had some extra acid and she sent it over, I'd be like, Yeah, that family's is- like my family's probably pretty chill. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. my mom's kind of like, "Hey, you want
2: to buy some acid?" <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah, yeah, murkier.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird.
0: <laughs> um, so what, like, what do you think struck you the most about seeing uh, Saint Vincent come out on stage that night that you saw her and just like, tear, like you know, ripping the song
2: off? Oh man, I mean, <laughs> it's just like. Well, like right when you think like Carrie is the shit because like she can like manhandle a guitar and then you see someone else who's like kind of like somehow cooler in a different way. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Um, I don't know. Uh, she just like kind of has this like her recorded stuff never does justice to her life. She's one of the greatest guitarists I've ever seen and just so compelling on stage. And like I'm kind of like not into her David Byrne stage so mm-hmm. much like I thought that was like very impersonal. But just, like, her with a guitar is Mm -hmm. so cool and just, like, entrancing to me that I, yeah, I could watch her forever. Yeah. (sighs) (laughs) Well, so
1: the first video that I saw of San Vincent, because she had performed in Polyphonic Spree before she went out on her own thing, and Polyphonic Spree were weird and so much fun. They sold cloaks at their merch table (laughs) in case you wanted to have that to walk around in. Um but I got sent that video as here's one of the guitars from polyphonic spree. And it was St. Vincent playing, uh, dig a pony. And she had a mic set up to harmonize with herself and just hit that fuzz for the guitar solo. And it blew me away. She's amazing.
2: Yeah. She's just so talented. And I, like, I don't know. I sound like an old person, but like there just aren't that many like talented musicians just <laughs> playing good music anymore. Um, She's just great. She's just great.
1: Sorry. Well, I think it's interesting, like, how that happens, too, because I think she went to Berkeley, and also John Mayer went to Berkeley, and it's interesting to see Mm -hmm. that, like, you can sort of go the same path and have one person that's super interesting. (laughs) John Mayer. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs>
0: did you see him pranking people in a Bud Light
2: ad recently that was so pretty good. interesting it's pretty cool he's great to women <laughs> I love him <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> he's
0: a stellar yeah. reputation
2: yeah I always thought there, there was like something about like Berkeley's like an amazing school but like the guitarists were like it was like anybody could play guitar there technically. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh God, I'm so sorry if anyone studied guitar, (laughs) like like, obviously like very talented people have come out of there, but like it is kind of like a free for all in guitar land there. So yeah, that's how, just how I assumed John Mayer gone in. I just really want to shit on
0: him. Oh yeah. Definitely shit on him as much as you want to.
1: It's a sport. He doesn't listen to this show. No, No. unless he does.
0: If he Mm. does, he would definitely show up to our next show to defend his honor. Yeah. Which is, that's like part of how I view him is like, kind of petty. Yeah. <laughs> like if you were talking shit about him, he'd like have a problem with you even though he's just this huge celebrity millionaire, but he would like take issue with you.
2: Yeah. I'm going kind of, I'm trying to think of like what shitty iconic singer he wishes he were. Like he like wishes he were like Maroon 5 or something.
0: Oh god. <laughs> Those are so close to each other. <laughs>
2: I'm so sorry.
0: Uh, that for one one of them to wish they were the other almost seems like why. Yeah, it's, very it's a real yin and, and yang tail. situation. <laughs> yeah. he, uh, I so I grew up near Boston, and one of uh, one of my high school friends, his dad was John Mayer's freshman year guitar teacher, and <laughs> said that he walked in thinking he was the next Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, And basically behaved that way as an 18-year-old at a music school that had other incredible musicians at it. Um, So if that gives you any sense of who he is. How many cowboy
1: hats do you think he has?
0: I mean, one is too many for him to own, right? So he definitely has too many. But I'll say six.
2: That's reasonable. Yeah.
0: Probably at least three different colors within those six. (laughs) Like, I don't know why he has a white one, but he does.
2: Yeah, yeah. Of absolutely. course. <laughs> I uh, mean, like...
0: No, I was just going to say we've been talking about John Mayer way too uh, long. I
2: know. For well. my
0: personal comfort. Um, I got to learn more about him just to shit on him harder.
2: Yeah, so true. So true.
0: Yeah. Uh, but what we were talking about was the prowess of Annie <laughs> Clark.
2: How about it? Um,
0: yeah, she's in- she's incredible. An incredible musician. And... Uh we actually like the the clip we played faded during this like grungy little solo she takes after the second chorus and it's one of those things that I think she's truly so good at every facet of making her music which I yeah, I guess you hope most artists are like like that but in especially popular music like most aren't you know there may be great lyricists or great vocalists or great guitarists or great producers or something or like they have a couple of those skills and she kind of seems to Have it all where it's like, oh, there's this incredibly catchy composition that she's put together. She's singing beautifully. It is truly also like um, pretty unique. Like it it sounds interesting compared to other songs that are like dancey and poppy. And then she just gives you this muddy, dirty, but like technically kind of impressive guitar solo for 10 seconds. Like it's just a little bit of the song to show. It's like, oh yeah, I also can do this very well.
2: Yeah, exactly. I know. Like, I think like throughout this album, there's like all these little funky bits that like there. It's always just like the bridge, but like it, the funky bits could be a song in themselves. But she's like, mm-hmm. ah, just kidding. Like, I can make a pop earworm as well. And I'm just like, that's so good. She's goddamn professional. <laughs> it's also <laughs> that ability to say
0: like this could be its own song, but it's not. And yeah. I got tons more where that came from. Yeah, like yeah, I don't need to save everything to write a, a new song. I'm yeah. gonna. I'm prolific, is that you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, don't you wish you were like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! No, I sleep 14 hours a day and just I'm um, just happy that I can eat breakfast in the morning. And that's
0: um, so, how was uh, so that year? You were you were trying to get out more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what other What other stuff were you doing, or what other like Yeah. Any other tales of kind of how
2: that went down? God, what was I doing? So I was living alone. Um. Oh yeah. I um. I think I also got. I got set up with someone. Um. Who I think had like. She had like done porn. That's like all I know. But like (laughs) it was like through one of those friends who like kind of like is like on the periphery of like. I go to a sex party, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, and I'm like, sure. oh, that's fine. So like, whatever. So she did some porn, um, but we we went to a bar by my place and um, she like, um, she was sober, which was like totally cool, but it just meant she was like very, very serious. And I was like trying to make light conversation. Um, and then she just kind of like out of nowhere, just like kissed me and <laughs> which is like, okay, this is just like a weird first date. Um, and she just kind of like clawed my neck, like so trying to be sexy. Um, and I was like, this is deeply uncomfortable. Like, um, I think I, I think I got to go. Um, and it was a right around the corner from my apartment. And I realized like when I got upstairs that like I was bleeding, <laughs> oh,
1: Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: I was fully bleeding and I, uh, like, went out with someone who had ended up being like a very good friend of mine for years to come the next day. And I remember having like lie to her being like, my cat did it. Like I made up some incredible lie that like my cat fell from my refrigerator <laughs> onto my, and then like I, I I eventually like came clean to my friend Stacy like a year yeah. later. Then I'm like, actually I was like assaulted at a bar by a ex porn star. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, So that was crazy. It um, was crazy. It was weird. Yeah. Um,
0: does that, uh, was this like a, this feels like a snapshot of what Bushwick was like in 2011.
2: This is very, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, no, offense, yeah, that's a lot. I mean, like that, the bar that that happened in, like was a meth lab just a year earlier. It was like a lot of Whoa, transition, sure. a lot of change. Um, it's, it's probably like a cheese shop now. I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, so what, uh, maybe like, did that, did that year feel like a transition year or like a funk or something, or did it just feel like, um, I don't know what, I guess I'm just asking, like, what did it feel like, especially now that you're so far past it?
2: Yeah, it was, I mean, so it was like a a literal funk, but in, in the way that like I was having fun, but then like coming home at night was like eerie and I think I'd just play like a lot of music just to like not be like alone with my thoughts <laughs> and I had to kind of like learn to like it. Um, which like you eventually do and like actually like living alone is awesome and fun and cool and you just get to walk around naked all the time and like not wash your dishes. But like <laughs> during that time I think I was just like trying to understand what it was like, like to to do it and yeah. um, and like yeah.
0: Do you think part of um, going through that was like, like finally enjoying
2: living alone
0: or was there like other stuff that was also maybe like making you feel better about life?
2: Oh uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean like, I think that's when I started doing comedy more again. Like I had like mm-hmm. taken a break from it, like everything else. And like I was doing sketch and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it was really just like winter, winter, like, blows ass when you like you come out of like a four and a half year relationship and you're like what like what is it was weird like I had moved here with someone and you know like didn't really have that like New York experience that everyone has like that first year when you're just like I'm like fucked up and 23 and like making mistakes like I like cooked dinner every night and like grocery shops and like lived <laughs> in rich I was like an old Italian grandma at 23, <laughs> 24 so I like relived that in my like mid to late 20s and, um, and yeah, I think just kind of like doing that slightly later in life and seeing that like people had been doing it all along was like very, it was like a weird adjustment. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. I think New York is definitely a place where there's someone of probably every age group going through that thing at any given time. Yeah. Like you will <laughs> easily find a 37 year old who's just like. Yeah, I don't know. Now I'm doing stuff in New York. Yeah. I'm, I'm being stupid. And you're true. like, yeah, dude, you shouldn't be, but
2: okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, so true. It's hitting you now.
0: Okay. Like. <laughs> it's so true. Um, well, so well, we can we can back up, but where were you coming from before New York?
2: I was in Chicago.
0: Cool. Is that mm-hmm. where you're from?
2: I'm from the Boston area. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was in Chicago for college and doing doing the comedy thing out there.
0: That's cool. What yeah. was uh what was Chicago like? Like what was your your kind of contrast, contrasting opinions of those two cities coming from Chicago to New York?
2: Um uh, I mean like Chicago is such a fun, like American city. Like because it has like a lot of the trappings of New York, like culture-wise, but mm-hmm. it's just like a lot of people who haven't left the Midwest ever in their life. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean like the scene there was very like. Compared to here, like everyone was like doing improv for the love of it and like <laughs> making music for the love of it. Like I was in a band called The Identity Politic.
0: Yeah.
2: This was all in college? Th- yeah, yeah. It was, was with some people who were out of college, but I was definitely in college at the time. And I think the only reason I was in that band was because I had an accordion. Like of, I possessed, wonderful. and this was like, Arcade fire era when like mm-hmm. you just had to have an accordion. In
0: your <laughs> <laughs> um, Sarah plays accordion. Yeah. Get her in the band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what are yeah. you? Why didn't you tell us earlier?
2: Right. <laughs> I was fired, but the accordion stayed on. It was like <laughs> really dark, uh, but, it, but it was fun. Like, yeah. And I think, you know, that was back when like rent was $400 a month with parking. And it was like, you could just like do shit like that and mm-hmm. be in like seven, like indie like improv groups and, mm-hmm. And just doing like organic shit all the time, and it was it was so fun. But yeah, you know, like people started kind of picking a coast eventually, and it felt like I was kind of missing the East Coast, like anger and quickness. Yeah. Um, that is like not you know very much like Boston here, mm-hmm. um, and I now feel at home in that <laughs> yeah. in that terror.
1: So was it the anger that drew you to New York? Or? Yeah, I mean, it was
2: truly the anger and the impatience. And, like, I still feel truly at home in both of those things. Yeah. Like, it's like a warm hug. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a nice bath.
0: I always think, uh, also being from the Boston area, I think, like, growing up, you're told that New York and Boston are so different. Like, we're enemies and stuff. And I truly, it probably takes someone from Or living outside of the region to realize it's like no, you guys hate each other because you're the same fucking assholes. (laughs) Exactly.
2: (laughs) And then like, furthermore you realize that the only person who's working that rivalry is Boston, like only Boston, like New York's just like what? Boston? Who? Yeah, Um, it is
0: truly the like five year old kid hitting his fifteen year old (laughs) brother's leg, being like (laughs) picking a fight, and the fifteen year old brother be like, "Shut the
1: fuck (laughs) up! I'm trying to hang out." Uh, I got the same vibe. Out in LA this summer um, with a lot of people who are like, well, you're here now, so you're you're moving, right?" It's like, no, I have a flight back in two days. I will be good. And they're like, yeah, but it's so nice here. Like, yes, that is true. However, it just took me thirty minutes to find parking, and I do not want to deal with that ever. Los Angeles, are you <laughs> listening, <laughs> fix your city.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: make it more like ours.
2: Seriously. <laughs>
1: More condensed, angry, dirty, dark, 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 Mm -hmm. uh, and less palm trees.
2: Yes, far fewer palm trees, (laughs) but it's like, yeah, no, I feel like LA definitely, like, I think because there's just, like, more people from the South there, they have that, like, nice little passive aggression, like, it's a mix of the Midwest and the South, Mm -hmm. but. It's kind of cute. It's kind of charming in a way. I don't know. Um, I love the, I kind of like love the fake positivity that's involved in everything you say. Like whatever, like negative thing you say has to be like shrouded in this. Like, Hey, great job. I like, I'm blowing smoke up your ass, um, but you know, it's not true. Here's the criticism. Um, I don't know. It's kind of (laughs) cute. It is.
0: It is sort of cute.
2: I was like working with some Israeli production company briefly and they're like very direct people and they like decided to go pitch things out in LA and they were like baffled by the fact that like people would say how great they are and then like not buy their shit. Like they just Mm. didn't understand Mm -hmm. that like you would say one thing and do another, which like I guess they're actually right. Like (laughs) it's crazy. that we (laughs) Say like, yeah, this is so so great. Um we're not going to take it right now. Go fuck yourself. Um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, my um my uncle worked in Japan several times. My aunt was a translator for him actually at one point. And um they had there was a phrase that the Japanese businessmen would like use. They'd say like we'll think about it basically. And so they'd leave all these meetings and be like, "Yeah, we got them. Like they're they're <laughs> considering our offer. But they like, you know, the the actual intent of that translation is like we are being polite and we are saying no to you, but it took him like three years to figure that out. (laughs) That's That's a
1: long time.
0: Yeah. It's a bummer, Yeah, (laughs) but it also, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's like, don't tell me you're going to think about it. If what you really mean is there's no way this is happening.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's nice that there's slightly less of that here. Just like slightly.
0: (laughs) So did you, did your kind of like start in comedy begin with improv?
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I started doing it in college, um, did like the usual suspects there and got into sketch and was a musical director briefly at Second City just kind of for their free classes. But it was cool because I got to kind of like get a backseat, backdoor intro into like directing and like just seeing how that all worked. Um, But yeah, then I took like a big break, like I burned out and um, started doing... a a serial play like I was writing for it but then um was cast as like the band within the show so we would do like um this was all just like this one director's like creation she wanted us to do 80s power like acoustic covers of 80s power ballads so like um
0: okay I'm wrapping my head around yeah 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 (laughs) right
2: like here I go again on my own like carry on my wayward son Mm -hmm. those aren't really power ballads but like you get the idea like anything (laughs) that came out like soaring yeah yeah, yeah, exactly um which was super it was super fun and like the opposite of improv so I was kind of like all right like this is like a different type of performing I could do um but I was like super awkward on stage I was I was no St. Vincent. Um, (laughs) I like one time, I think like my guitar strap, like gave out whatever. And I gave up on you, gave up (laughs) on me as I was like walking backstage and I like slipped on it and like, they, they all like the audience heard me just like falling down the <laughs> stairs, and they thought it was part of the show. Oh no! And they were laughing and having a great time, um, but I fell. <laughs>
0: um, that is a tragedy. Yeah, I
2: don't know if I was like really meant to play on stage. <laughs>
0: um. So did, so I mean, eventually you were writing a lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. And was that mostly with this kind of. Not, I guess probably not with this kind of production if you're mostly at the onstage band, but yeah. more of more, a more sketch comedy or.
2: Yeah. I was writing for that too and doing a little bit of sketch. Um, and then ki- that kind of just fed into playwriting. Like I just mm-hmm. started writing regular stage plays and also in New York. Um, and then I was just doing improv at the magnet for fun mm-hmm. um, and started doing sketch there. Yeah. And that was that was kind of it.
0: That's cool. And Very that's cool. where you uh, met fellow founder and editor, Beth Newell. Uh, correct. Right? Yeah. Very she, cool.
2: uh, <laughs> she was assistant directing a show or like a team, like I think like a, one, one of the early sketch teams mm-hmm. there. Then we did an election show with some people and then she's just like, Hey, tell me if this idea is dumb. But, <laughs> uh, I want to do like a fake news magazine. And I was like, we're like someone must have done this, um, but it turns out like no one really did it in earnest. So yeah, then we got to step in, and then you know the rest is history.
0: So it frickin' worked. It
2: fricking worked. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, what is Reductress, which is the website that you oversee?
2: Uh, Reductress is a satirical women's magazine. So think like the Onion meets Cosmo. Um, we launched a site in 2013, and since of kind of broadened our horizons beyond the site and we're doing some other projects now too yeah yeah
0: that's very cool it's uh it's a hilarious you know site and uh and your the podcast that you guys have is, is also hysterical thank you um so i just it's i've always been so it's like i feel like from day one you guys just had incredible content and were very very funny at all times
2: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's thanks to a lot of awesome people for sure. But like, you know, Beth and I were definitely uh, meticulous kind of from the beginning and, um, just like had this kind of manifesto, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. just like written out that we had like written really late one night. Um, and like really actually tried our best to stick to it. And then like, Yeah. Then like a lot of amazing women and a handful of men came through and are just like constantly helping the content change, like evolve over time.
1: Yeah. I don't remember what the first article I saw on Reductress was, but I had seen it like through Twitter and I remember reading it going, this can't be real. Like I straight up just thought it was like a regular news article. And by the end, somebody's like, "No, you moron, that's satire." I'm like, "Aha, <laughs> <laughs> I am an uncle somewhere." <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's wonderful. I love that site so much. I love all of the stuff that comes out of it. Um, but one of my favorite things is that Evan is a stock photo on it. Mm-hmm.
2: Ma- I mean, many technically. Many, but. I think there's like a fave. There's like a good one with a white background. Yeah. It's just like, mm, chef's kiss. Like yeah. so good. Yeah. So really good. looked like
0: a jackass in that
1: one. <laughs> it's really- I downloaded that photo for one of our tweets for this show. And uh, it was it's definitely used on the article, uh, how to tell if you're dating the same Chris. Um, and I downloaded the file. And it was just called sadman.jpg. And I laughed so hard at that. <laughs>
2: Welcome to our naming system. <laughs> I mean, we literally have interns being like, can you just like take this batch and describe describe <laughs> what you're seeing? Describe it. Uh, and, it's fitting. And go. Yeah, That's how the sausage is made, guys. Yeah, sad, <laughs> sad man. Yeah. And Evan, you also have like an amazing spot in our book, like as a sensitive male, I think. Yeah.
0: I got to be redeemed in the book, which was <laughs> really nice because after... You know, a little bit of a brutal uh, <laughs> go on the website, uh, including, I, bl- I believe, within, like, the same six months, I was, like, uh, a rapist. And then I was a sensitive man in the book. And I really felt like that, like, made up for something. <laughs> totally. totally. <laughs> felt better about it. I remember one, a couple people, like, will occasionally comment on Facebook, like, friends from home or something like that, and be like, when will you, like, or, like... Won't you at one point have a problem with them doing this? <laughs> like using your image as like a negative thing. It's like, no, you're don't be an idiot. <laughs>
2: like Yeah, it's like people like take their image so seriously, not like public image, but I mean like they're the literal like pixels of their yeah. face. And it's like, you guys realize how not special that is. <laughs> no, I, I mean like no, all of us, yeah, hey. Like, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Um certainly uh not to imply like reductress has Reductress has so much more to do and is going to do so many cool things, but uh, probably the founding of it and the overseeing of it. um, Does it feel like you've like found your thing? Like Like I've found my home. (laughs) Yeah. But like, this seems like, you know, we all work on stuff over the years and different projects and different careers and things like that. And this, I would have to, I would, I would hope it feels like something like that. You're like, yeah, this is, this is my jam.
2: Yeah, I mean, like the cool thing is it kind of uh, allows me to exercise a bunch of different muscles that, like, I, like, I, in my day job, I used to be a producer and now I'm just like producing stuff all the time in various forms. And we get to write in kind of every medium that satisfies us and makes sense. Um, and yeah, it's really, yeah, it's really satisfying on a lot of levels. So I'm not bored. Um, <laughs> and it's definitely got like, Some it'll keep me busy for a while but you know eventually i'll just like retire and just like write like confusing political tracks on my wall (laughs) 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 but that's for later that's for later (laughs) in life yeah yeah Yeah. Uh,
0: for now yeah just keep doing this great thing that you're doing thanks um that's cool what do you think is uh what can you give us any preview of what you think's in store for reductress
2: um, you know, I think we've said this a few times, but like whatever uh, Oprah has done in women's media, we want to do for women's media satire. So right that down is. to the chai and own. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and the chai failed. So we're going to definitely <laughs> fail at that just as well. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean like really just kind of any, any way that we can kind of like, comment on women's media and marketing and the way that it's fucked up, even when it gets better is like a good home for us. Mm
0: -hmm. That's cool. I mean, there's no, no better person whose footsteps to follow probably than Oprah.
2: (laughs) So true. (coughs) Oh, they're big, warm footsteps, (laughs) wise footsteps. Uh.
1: Um, do you think that New York uh, feels like a nice hug from that anger and like speed, uh, because it helps motivate or like keep things going and just like being able to produce at the rate that you do.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like such an exciting place to be just with everybody doing everything and Mm -hmm. people kind of at the top of their career or like at the cusp of doing something amazing. It's so inspiring and really does like hold you to a higher standard. Like, um, I mean, obviously a self-motivated person can do that anywhere, but, Really like seeing good work happening all the time is so inspiring and just yeah keeps you keeps you grinding
0: yeah, I think that um, <clears throat> it's a it's a cool thing even across you know disciplines or whatever because I find lately um i've seen I've seen like a few music shows recently um and I always try to go, but you know, like many of us, we get too busy with our own shit, but it's like <clears throat> I imagine and i've never seen her but i would imagine like seeing st. vincent is a in like a motivating or inspiring experience cuz she kicks so much ass
2: yeah totally and like that's also like the cool thing about new york like it's so great like we all get like comedy overload sometimes and it's so great to see something that's just not comedy done really well yeah. um and and yeah like watching anyone kind of like take command of a stage or just like Execute something brilliantly in a way you hadn't imagined before, like reminds you that you can do it too. Like, we always have these self imposed rules on ourselves, like in how we write, like based on what we've seen. And like, sometimes we just need to give ourselves permission to like break the rules and do something Mm -hmm. that feels right in the time. And yeah, she does that. So, yeah, so can you. So can you, Evan, specifically. (laughs) I don't think I can.
0: (laughs) I need to get a frozen canal in my life. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> fall right into it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Sarah, thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, give it up for Sarah Papillardo, everybody. You can keep up to date with Sarah at Yo Papillardo on Twitter or check out Reductress. It's like one of the funniest websites on the entire internet, and the internet is massive. Well, we had one heck of a time talking to Sarah about life in New York and jumping into canals.
1: Uh, it was more of a fall. Oh, right. Yes. Sarah, I'm so sorry. But maybe you have superpowers now. Yeah, or a disease or two. Who knows? It was very exciting to get to talk to Sarah about St. Vincent. I think St. Vincent is so cool. I love her music. I love what they do at Reductress. Uh, And I think that they both kind of have the similar energy of just being relentless in whatever creativity they want to put out there.
0: No doubt. Uh, Two of the hardest working outlets in our immediate media.
1: And Two of the best guitar solos. Oh, absolutely. I go to Reductress almost exclusively for the guitar solos. I mean, who doesn't? Everybody does. Until next time, hit repeat. Evan put a shirt on. Repeater is hosted by Evan Forbarden and Patrick Cartelli at QED in Astoria, Queens. A place to show and tell. Find out more at qedastoria.com. Our show is supported in part by Hi-Fi Records and Cafe in Astoria. Visit them from wherever you are at hi-fi-records.com. Editing by Stephen Garvey. Theme music by the Sun Lions. Everything else by Loveness Productions. Welcome to Repeater.